Welcome to the five of us. We are five outspoken women with close to 150 years of experience as broadcast journalists. We left our jobs on the very same day and we are dedicated to helping women avoid the many pitfalls common to the workplace. We've heard from hundreds of people recounting tales of woe on the job, and we have done the research, we're putting it all in a book, and we are here to help. I'm Roma Tori, and along with Kristen Shaughnessy, Janine Ramirez, Vivian Lee, and Amanda Farinacci, we are the five of us. Hi, everyone. At the Grammys this year, Madonna caused quite a stir when she made an appearance heavily Botoxed and surgically enhanced almost to the point of being unrecognizable. Uh, And despite her message when she spoke, which was one of um, individualism, um, no matter how shocking or provocative or even dangerous as she put it, uh, social media went viral um, with folks posting about her face work and most of it was throwing shade uh, on her appearance. Now, her defenders said um, the responses would have been just as hostile if she hadn't undergone the plastic surgery because, um, you know, they, she, she's been accused of looking bad even when she looked great. Well, Madonna fired back and she complained that this was all a case of um, ageism and misogyny. But I have to think her detractors did have somewhat of a point because by taking such extreme measures to remain youthful or maintain her youthfulness uh, in appearance, Madonna was sort of playing into that whole patriarchal ideal that um, women should be young and sexy. And so um, that is our topic today. Um, And it really does uh, bring to mind the thought that the, the societal norms and the standards of um, age and beauty in this country is so messed up. <laughs> and w- the, there is such an incredible double standard that um, that are enforced uh, between men and women and uh, women really get the short end. So uh, let's start with you, Kristen. Why do you suppose uh, the whole Madonna thing struck such such a nerve, um, particularly among all the haters out there? Yeah, I mean, she's sort of in this. You can understand both points of this, right? She's had a career for decades because she has always pushed the boundaries. But then with all the work she had done, you know, I, I listened to one plastic surgeon just listing all the things he thought she had done from like a nose job to a brow lift to a chin. I mean, it was ridiculous, like every little thing. So I think that sends a really confusing message to to everyone who's been following her career. And she's always said, you know, I don't give a shit what people think about me. Well, you clearly do, because now you're giving in to what society has has said to you, which I feel bad for her because it's true. If she if she was at the Grammys and she did not look good, people would be all over her. So what do you do? I also feel like there's a bit of this that she has a team around her that's like yesing her to death and instead of saying like, you know, you've got a filler or a facelift too far, stop. Um, maybe people aren't being honest with her. So I, I feel bad for her in that respect. And then it all just goes to these societal pressures that really force us all to rethink how we age. You know, I mean, we do have some great examples out there. Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, has gone gray and she's her career is very vibrant, but it's few and far between. And there's good reason for that, because you hear of all these actresses and, and all these singers and performers 
who once they hit 40 or so, they're kind of considered, you know, persona non grata. So, you know, she is caught between the ageism and the sexism and all of that. And I feel bad for her, but I do think she played into the message. Yes, right. Well, uh, I read something from Abigail um, Disney, who tweeted the next morning, and and she said um, she woke up feeling sorry for Madonna after her appearance in the Grammys. And then she said, and I'm pretty sure that's not the reaction that she was hoping for. And yet, Amanda, let me bring you into this, because isn't Madonna's brand all about appearing sexy and provocative? And um, she she pushes she pushes the envelope every time she, you know, every year there's a, a different look, um, a different vibe, different style from uh, Madonna. So isn't it all just business as usual for her? Yeah, because more than even the the idea of that she wants to be look young and act young, she feels young, so she wants to mirror the way she feels and the life she lives and the lifestyle, whatever. She cannot stomach the idea of not being in the public eye. And look at right. what we're doing now. We're all talking about her, right? Like, so... You know, she was asked after the fact, she gave the whole, you know, the usual shtick about how women are not allowed to age, which is not, I'm not, not minimizing that because that's, we've obviously talked about that a lot, then that, that, that's a fact of life. But the fact is that she does things like this, I believe, to be relevant, to continue to be relevant, because now we're having a conversation about ageism, but we're talking about, did Madonna feel pressure to have her face done? Did Madonna, or did she just feel like, like what I said before, that she, you know, she feels young, so she wants to look young. Um, but this is a woman who for 40 years, I think she came to New York, like more than 40 years ago like 35 bucks in her pocket a good singing voice but like her whole brand has been on her shock value it's not been on her vocal cords right like she's a great performer she's a great performer and this is just some form of that i think what gets a little sticky with it is that she's she's kind of sending mixed messages to your point roma is right like she's she's in a person who has a, an, an obvious uh, amount of influence right like we're having the conversation because we're like holy shit did you see madonna's face but at the same time so she's now saying oh i can't believe you're all talking about my face but if we weren't talking about her face we would be talking about something else that has to do with her um i think the other part is that where it gets a little tricky is it's like make up your mind right she's i think she's 60 to 63 or 64 she dates a guy who's 27 which good for her right but like there's a 40 year difference almost in in whoever these you know it's a backup dancer who's who's like the same age as one of her children almost um and and i think that's i think that she should do what she wants to do but my my thing is is just um if we're gonna have the conversation like i i I read a post from that model paulina paulina um yeah, I can't I can never say her last name properly. Um, and she and she was re- she was referenced as to Kristen's point, right? Like she's like Jamie Lee Curtis, where she's very visibly posting pictures of her of her supermodel badass self, just as she is. She still looks amazing. She's she looked she's fabulous and she's owning it. Uh, and so she actually had commented on all this and said, I don't know why. I appreciate that I'm tangled in this. I think we're t- we have two slightly different takes, but I'm glad we're having the conversation. So that's where I'll leave this. If my if my comments were not at all clear, I am just glad we're talking about this i don't know that anybody's ever going to make sense of madonna yeah do, do you think that um she expected such a hostile reaction though did it take her by surprise i mean because she's used to hostile reactions right yeah yeah i think it's, i think it's almost been leading to this though because I, I think she's done a couple of things in the last few years where people have been like what is she doing right mm-hmm. like she posed in fishnet 
stockings like a couple years back and everyone was like what is like what's happening here um so it's almost been this the amount of backlash she's facing has almost been sort of building for a couple years so yeah she might have been surprised but i i do think that i think like at the end of last year she was supposed to uh she made a huge sale of her entire cat song catalog and that they're going to be re-released and this could also be part of look my songs are back out talk about me i'm you know i haven't gone anywhere right like all of her contemporaries whitney houston prince um everybody else has died she's still around we're still yeah. talking about her right 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 although I, I i think she's she's had these negative comments all her life and you know i happened to on on um, instagram i saw somebody posted an, uh, a headline from years ago when madonna was 35 years old and she was um uh, she was dancing in a bra top and someone said calm down grandma <laughs> and the woman is 35 years old. So, you know, it, it goes both ways. So Vivian, let me ask you though, um, in taking a broader perspective here, what is it about women growing old that um, turns people into such judgmental trolls? Why do we have to endure all of the, all of these insults? Uh, we've talked about this, I think in our first uh, episode of this podcast, we talked about the patriarchy. We talked about men still being at the top of almost every industry out there. Very few women ever uh, are in decision-making roles. And really the, the whole obsession with youth has been a human thing for thousands mm -hmm. of years. Um, there are myths, there are stories, fairy tales that have always valorized youth and have made a trope of the hag. I mean, I'm thinking about things like the queen who hands the poison apple to Snow White. She disguises herself as a hag. There's the my first horror movie that I ever saw, The Shining, where Jack Nicholson's character is like seen kissing a beautiful naked woman in a bathroom. And then suddenly the horrors of the the place where he's living at the time turns her into this, you know, putrid crone. And this trope has existed for so long and, and it's still carried forward to today. I mean, I, I think of the end of Game of Thrones, which I really enjoyed watching, like simply as a consumer. But there was this scene where this the Red Witch, the sultry woman uh, who had been, you know, seen throughout the series suddenly turns into like a thousand year old woman who then vaporizes because she is so old and so ugly. Um, this has been going on since time immemorial. And I, I just want to point out a particular statistic that I stumbled across that just horrified me. Uh, according to the American Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgery, in the decade between 2001 and 2019, there was a 41% increase among women aged 19 to 34 getting Botox and fillers. So that was in the previous decade. I can't imagine what it is now, but women are feeling this stress from a very young age. They're being yeah. groomed to be lifelong consumers of a multi-billion dollar industry that's gonna hit trillions of dollars very soon, probably before 2040. Um, these women are being told that you are not good enough, that you're, you are only as good as your youth. And, you know, there I, I stumbled across another article where uh, Geraldo Rivera 
had actually done a story um, about um, beta marriages where people try out marriage for a while. And he he did this editorial on air where he talks about how a woman's true value is her youth. And there were a bunch of editorials that came out after that reacting to that saying, come on, we got to stop talking like this. But it really does show in our culture and our media landscape, like the statistics from the Gina Davis Institute on gender in media, um, they regularly put out something called the ageless test. And if you look at the most recent one that they did, they looked at the top 30 grossing films, sorry, the 30 top grossing films of 2022. And they found things like female characters, 50 plus are more likely depicted as lonely and home homebound than male characters age 50 plus. Um, that female characters are more likely to be the target of ageist slurs in the script of a movie than male characters. And that characters under 50 are three times more likely than characters uh, 50 plus to be depicted in a sex scene. So we're clearly putting out a message and we're we're letting this happen that there, there are the desirable and there are the undesirable. And people can make jokes about it as much as they can. But when you see models like showing how gorgeous they are, they're, they're definitely trying to argue in some capacity that they are fighting as much as they can. Because part of the ageist uh, paradigm is this idea that if you don't fight it, you've lost. You're not a winner. And you have to do everything you can, especially as a woman, to keep on fighting. Um, this idea that you can reverse something that naturally happens is is kind of it's a weird thing because I, you know, I think about the cheapest things that one can do. You can dye your hair, right? You can put on skin cream. But then these are the industries that also specifically target women in their 50s who are flipping through magazines or going to certain websites. Most of the ads are about how you can beat this. And it, I know men come under a certain amount of this pressure too, but it's not to the same degree. And again, it's because they are the arbiters of choice. Yeah. We're so aware of the, the fact that um, so, so much of this paradigm, as you said, is comes from a male perspective, that men are running things and men are making decisions about who to hire. And um, yet a lot of women are doing the same thing to each other. Um, we talked about that in a previous episode, but it, it's so frustrating, though, to see a guy um, on TV, for example, um, uh, on on television news, who is getting paunchy and has gray hair, and it's now it's turning all white. And when you see his co-anchor maybe come on TV, and she shows the the first the first sign of a wrinkle, and suddenly she's off the air, or she's demoted in in some way, and so. Um, Janine, let's bring you into, into the discussion because there really is a double standard here and yet women play into it just as much as men do. Right, and piggybacking off of what Vivian said, like all of the products, anti-aging, just think about that, all the serums, all the face creams, anti-aging. It's not aging gracefully, it's anti-aging, do not grow old, right? So even the, the packaging and the messaging there is you can't get old. Um, and there's this thing called gendered ageism, right? It affects both men and women, uh, of course, but it impacts women most negatively worse than, you know, men. And one expert cited in ARP in the New York Times, they say in the workplace, 
Women from ages 18 to 30 experience, the young women experience age discrimination for being too young, being naive, uh, not being taken seriously, somebody to hit on in the office, you know, manipulative, you know, they could be easily manipulated. So there's that. And then there's the women who suffer age discrimination from like the ages of 45, 50 on. And when they just get phased out of their roles, right? Cause they just look old and they're just getting old. Um, and the New York times headline uh, for this particular article, it calls the women um, in their prime in their careers should be about the ages of 30 to like 45, maybe 50. Um, and it describes it as the hour considered that you're considered to be between a babe and a hag. So that yeah. is supposed to be the prime of any kind of woman's career. And so research, but research does show that women under the age of 45 are more likely to be called back for a second interview than older women who yeah. went in for that first interview. And then older men do encounter this kind of discrimination as well. They come into an interview, they look very old and they may not be called back, but it happens at a much later age than it happens to women. And so some of the statistics, you know, also come from this uh, catalyst.org. And it shows that women face being marginalized based on their older look. So this really impacts women's career. It impacts their ability to climb up the corporate ladder. It impacts their ability to make money. And so there is this pressure to look as youthful as possible so that you're not discriminated in this way. So just to be able to make more money, just to be able to have longevity in your career, and so catalyst stats say that women are twice as likely to dye their hair than men. So there's just this enormous pressure to conform and to try to look as youthful as possible so that you could maintain whatever sort of success that you've had. You know, I have to mention that um, when I was uh, doing some reading on, on this topic, uh, I came across a sketch on um, Inside Amy Schumer. <laughs> and so if anybody has children listening right now, I would suggest you <laughs> close, close their ears because this was the scene. You see Amy Schumer uh, hiking in the woods somewhere and she comes upon uh, a group of three women sitting at a, at a, it looks like a picnic table. And the three women turn out to be Tina Fey, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Patricia Arquette. And they're celebrating something and they invite Amy Schumer to sit down with them. And what are they celebrating? Julia Louis-Dreyfus's last fuckable day. That's what they called it, her last fuckable day. I don't know if you guys ever heard this. And obviously it was a satire, but it was, well, first of all, I will say it was very funny. And at some point, you know, Amy Schumer said, oh, wow, well, don't men have last fuckable days? And and Tina Fey said, no, um, men are always fuckable. And then she said, um, they, they could have, white spiders coming out of them at the age of 100 and they're still fuckable. But what was so disconcerting to me, and I, and again, this was satire because they're making a point, is that they, they went along with it. They were so like compliant with the whole notion that when you reach a certain age, you, um, you lose your sex appeal. Or I guess it's when you do lose your sex appeal and whoever determines that, God only knows. But when uh, a woman in show business is, uh, loses her sex appeal, she becomes unfuckable, in which case she's her value has diminished to the point where she's, you know, she's she's not as um, famous or as as uh, as worthwhile uh, as as she used to be. 
that was very frustrating to me to watch because um, it really hit a nerve. And so I, um, one of you had mentioned that um, there's always this comment that comes out when they're complaining about uh, Madonna, and that is, why can't she age gracefully? Um, there was that one woman wrote, um, I wish Madonna would have loved herself enough to let herself age gracefully, as if, you know, Madonna doesn't love herself. I'm sure she does. But let me put it to you guys. Can women age gracefully in this culture? Um, no. I try, but how about I don't even think you can term age gracefully, right? Why can't you just age? Yeah. It's, it's sort of like you're you're good if you age gracefully, but if you age, you you haven't figured it out yet. So I mean, the whole everything we use about the wording, the products, the the language, the expectation, it's just you know it's way way too much. And that same woman who was saying that about Madonna, I guarantee, if Madonna looked like crap, she would have written a comment too. Yeah. Right. And and that's what they do. What were some of the comments I saw? Um, um, there are, let's see. They were they, very mean. What's that? Sorry. They were very mean, those comments. No, they were so mean. Um, yeah. If she had, uh, who was it said, she's an icon of freedom. So why can't Madonna wear her age and experience with pride? You know, so you know, suddenly, yeah, after having this discussion, I, I'm really on Madonna's side, even though I mean, there there obviously was a disconnect there between what she's saying and what she's doing. But let her have her way. If the woman wants to look like that, why do we care how yeah, she appears, thing, right? Your point. The other thing to your point is, like, is there a way to do it, right? I think it, I think it comes down to each woman and her comfortableness in their in your in her skin right like I know when my 20s I wanted to look a certain way my 30s and now I'm sort of I'm, I'm as I'm getting older I'm much more and especially just like since my in my life experience this past year like I feel a lot more grateful I feel a lot more gratitude and a lot more grounded in my own skin that doesn't mean that the little wrinkle between my eyebrows doesn't drive me insane so what do I do? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so I think there's a, I think there's a balance. I'm not a person who's going to go get some major plastic surgery to my face, but if it made me feel more Amanda to have Botox between my eyebrows, I would do that without judgment of myself. And my, I'm not on some mission to be like looking eternally youthful. I'm, I'm wanting to look how I feel comfortable in my skin. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think there has to be a balance for the way women handle it with, and with, and with, with compassion for themselves and also without judgment and whatever people know when you're, when you've gone too far with, with this kind of plastic surgery and this effort to just be like eternally, you know, that I feel like, you know what you're doing, right? Like, I feel like you can't deny it. And I feel like there's always something else going on. Like for Madonna, I, I sort of feel bad for her because I feel like there's probably something else going entirely going on with whatever she's doing with her appearance and you know she yes she purports to love herself whatever but I, I do think a lot of it is just like to accept who you are where you are and what you can do with your body I think you get you get to a lot more peace than all of this crazy needles and shit all the time you know it's kind of interesting at the at the um Grammys you know Bonnie Raitt uh, one song of the year and she looks great. And so there's a nine year difference. Bonnie Raitt's 73 years old while Madonna's 64. And I, you know, at, initially I was thinking, um, well, Bonnie Raitt is supposedly aging gracefully. And yet 
when I looked at her and the Gram- at the Grammys, she looked like she did have some work done. And apparently she had. It's not something she's denying or um, or acknowledging, but it seems pretty obvious. And yet she's not getting any of the criticism that Madonna has received. And and I was thinking maybe that has something to do with the fact that M- Madonna's brand is all about being sexy. And uh, that's not something that Bonnie Raitt uh, adheres to. But the bottom line is, why should we care, right? Um, <laughs> all of us are talking about you know, Madonna, how she looks. And I guess it's good to have a conversation about those things, but is it going to change anything? I pray to God it does, but uh, it most likely will not. And we women are going to have to endure this, you know, ridiculous criticism and trolling uh, the rest of our lives. I don't know if that will change anything. So let me just end with this quote. And it was um, from a guy he was writing in uh, on Instagram. And he, he said, quote, Everyone shamelessly judging Madonna for her decisions and reporting on her plastic surgery like it's a legitimate news story might benefit from asking themselves why she felt the need to do any of it in the first place. And that's a question that is confronting each of us every single day of our lives. Why do we go through all of this nonsense? So with that thought, uh, we're going to close it out. But uh, thanks for listening, guys. And we'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning in to The Five of Us. We want to hear from you with any questions, ideas, or suggestions for future discussions. Just write to us at the email you see here, and we will be eager to help. Talk to you next time.